I'm Gab. He's Jules Grace, guys, over West London. But we have a packed show today, Jules, because obviously it's the Champions, Champions, Champions League. So much going on. Bayern and Porto, and Porto, maybe one day Porto. Maybe. Bayern and Barcelona, obviously wow. the big one. City and Dortmund, Holland scoring. Juventus stinking up. But I think we have to start uh, with Chelsea yeah. against Salzburg. The first, a lot of layers of this. First game of the Grand Potter era. And then we're going to get into a little bit about Todd Bowley's, uh, uh, Todd Bowley's statements at the uh, Assault <laughs> Conference. Yeah. Let's start with the game. We expected Potter to bring some brightenisms. And yeah. the way I saw it, it was it was a high, it was legit hybrid back four. Yeah. Back four, back three, um, where, you know, essentially Sterling had the run of the left-hand side. That's Reece right. James further up the park, then they'd settle back in. I was a bit surprised to see Alba up front. Um, you have to start him maybe for why? the first game. Why? I don't know. He's still a high-profile player. <laughs> I think. I think maybe you think I, that no, I, he can do a bit of what Danny Welbeck has been doing for you on a good day. Well, I, I don't know. I hope Alba's not watching that you're comparing him to Danny Welbeck. But yes, I take your point. Um, they didn't. They had a ton of possession. Yeah, I thought Salzburg sat a little bit, but. I thought they didn't really create anything at all in the first half, or very little. No, very little. Although I liked the intensity, I liked what he did. Maybe there was a bit too fluid, too much. It was too fluid in a way, in the sense that I'm all for Kovacic playing a little bit higher. At times, he looked like a like yeah. a three-one-three-three almost, and Jorginho being the only one sitting you, in front of the back three in possession that was. I think the point is that it's going to take time to learn. We're going to get more granular about yeah. of some of his tactical stuff on there. Obviously, uh, now one point from two games, not the end of the world, but they need to they need to get their points yeah. back now against... And the uh, goal they considered Munich. was disappointing. Um, all right, on to Todd Bowley. Now, he was speaking at a conference, and I have to say this, a couple of things off the, off the bat, because I have a column coming up about this, I'm going to elaborate on this, but I want to get your views. First of all, Todd Bowley's already talked more than Roman Abramovich has spoken in 20-odd yeah. years. The media has jumped in and immediately, and we're part of the media, so I'm talking other media because I haven't done this, and have focused on the things he said that were, that were well, stupid yeah, you can't wrong. expect it differently. Focused on the all-star game. Yeah, of course. And then you have, oh, they're having a go at him because he's American, he's bringing new ideas. First of all, none of these are new ideas. I'm going to get this point across. Nothing is new about this. Okay, yeah. all-star games, or whatever we can do, we debate them. We will debate them. Nothing is new about this. Yeah. All-star, this has been debated. They, they've had like slightly different from an all-star team, but kind of the same thing. The football league eleven, you know, the best eleven from the football league in England taking on the best eleven in in Scotland. You know when they first played that in the 1890s. Okay, okay. so this has been around for a long, long time. But he's treated. His supporters say, like, oh, look, he's so innovative. He's bringing fresh ideas. And then others saying, shut up, you stupid American. Um, I, I wish we could take a step back and move away from this. And A, be grateful that you have a guy who's talking openly. And so people can draw their own conclusions. Yeah. I've, he's been there two minutes and already coming with those statements. I've got a bit of an issue with it. I don't care if he wants a North Star game, he thinks it's a good idea. Good on him. We all have different ideas that we can bring onto the table and think, I think this is good. You won't, you won't think it's good. I'm all for it. It's just more that he's been there two minutes and already he's arriving and saying like, look, I've got those ideas. They're great ideas. They will bring a lot of money in. We will hate the pyramid. We will do this. with a Hey, come on. Just focus on your club because it's been a bit, a bit of a mess for, since you bought it. 
put that in place, working well, and then maybe you can come up with ideas, suggestions. All of them. I agree with you. This is yeah. all good. I don't think an All-Star Game will ever happen, but I'm not against you know, the idea or someone bringing an idea on. Come on, you've been here two minutes. We, I think optics matter here, right? I, I think it matters that it is important that an owner speaks when a team is in turmoil, and Chelsea are in turmoil right now, right? It doesn't matter that Abramovich didn't speak for 20 years because, you know, Chelsea weren't in turmoil most of the time in those 20 years. Um, I am just shocked. And maybe he doesn't have a PR advisor. Maybe he's like this. Maybe he just doesn't listen. There's so many things that he got wrong in this. Yeah. First of all, the general idea, like, oh, well, maybe you could learn from American sports. We will go here a long time. I've this forever. Like, the Premier League was formed based on American sports. Why do you think they put the numbers, they gave players squad numbers and put their names on the back? They've always studied what happens of across course, the pond. marketing-wise as well. Other thing, bring up the All-Star game. Why don't you go look at the ratings for All-Star games in American sports, which Bowley should be familiar with, right? Yeah. They stink. They on. stink. They're terrible. Nobody wants to watch All-Star. Nobody wants to watch the Pro Bowl. NBA, the All-Star game is a bit different. It's a cultural event, whatever. Major League, you know how much, you know what their ratings were? They made were? $200 you know how many? They made $200 million. Says him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I on really the Monday and the Tuesday. Yeah. Imagine yeah. on a Friday and Saturday. Do you, know, do you know what the ratings were? Okay. The, the NBA, uh, sorry, the Major League Baseball All-Star game drew just over 7 million viewers in the U.S. 7 million viewers in a country of 350 million. Yeah. That's I mean, many. honestly, like like, 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 the sixth round of the NFL draft draws more than that. So come yeah, on, man, yeah. come on, come up with something. Look, we can say this <laughs> stuff doesn't matter, but I think it does matter because the reason people go to conferences and is because they want to appear. Right? Yeah. Roman, right, that, he that. likes the limelight. We have to say. Maybe I mean, if he wanted a, he wants a certain kind of, of limelight, and yeah. it's right. It's right. He should communicate with fans. And I, I actually, I'm, I'm being totally serious here. I think he should be praised, not praised for that, but we should recognize that this is something important. This is something that I think a responsible owner does. Then we can get into the stuff that he actually said. However, when you go and you do this, and they must have a PR operation around him, right? There are certain things that you cannot do because you have to appear, I think, in a certain way. Appear like you know what you're doing. You know, be humble. Say like, I'm not... I'm not, you know, I didn't grow up with football necessarily as a fan. I don't pretend to know it, but we're learning quickly. And look, Todd Bowley's been three years ago. He took a very long, hard look at Tottenham Hotspur. I think I think that's an open secret, yeah. now, right? So he's been looking at this for a while, and he's got smart people around him, at least on the business side. So then, I don't understand how you can go for an interview that you know the whole world is going to see and make such basic elementary errors. Obviously, the single biggest one was when he starts rattling off all of Chelsea's academy products, all, all, all their homegrown players. And he mentions Kevin De Bruyne and Mohamed Salah. Now, in case you don't know, it's true. Both were at Chelsea under Jose Mourinho. Neither one played very much. Um, De Bruyne came from Genk. He had already played in the Champions League. Mohamed Salah came from Basel. He had already played in the Champions League. They were 21 and 22 at the time. They were great signings, great young players. Who obviously turned out to be phenomenal from the Chelsea Academy, but most definitely not Chelsea Academy products, right? Most definitely. But you're in the process of trying to win over your own fans. Yes. You know, you've bought the club hundred days ago. You're right now (laughs) trying to impress them or convince them or get them on your side, whatever way you want to put it, and you come up with something like this. You know, you, you should not really care what the media are saying about him or what you know what what we think or whatever. But the fans are the most important things in here. And he comes up with something like that, that makes him look ridiculous to his own fans. Uh, if you're a Chelsea fan, you're thinking like, 
how can you talk about the club you just bought? My club, in this way, not even knowing the players that we produce at our academy and the ones that we don't produce. I mean... I, I'll, I'll give you another one, which really surprised me. Um, and look, this might seem minor, and obviously we talk about pronunciations, foreign languages, and whatever else. Not everybody speaks several languages. I get that, right? But you live in the U.S., where there's a huge Hispanic population, right? Maybe he doesn't speak Spanish. Fine. Right? But he's heard people speak Spanish. He owns the freaking Dodgers yeah, who are in L.A., which have yeah. an enormous Hispanic yeah. uh, uh, population. He spent most of the summer in Barcelona, right? Where we're talking about yeah. Marcos Alonso and Frankie de Jong and whatever, and Alba and whatever, right? Did you notice what he called Barcelona's academy? <laughs> La Messiah? Now, this to me suggests, and when he goes to the Camp Nou, when he goes to Barcelona, you know that he's talking to Barcelona people. And obviously, what do Barcelona people like to talk about? They like to talk about La Masia, and rightly so, yeah. right? But how do you call it La Messiah? It might have been Messiah when Messi was coming through. You know, I, I don't, this to me, this to me it tells me two things. One is he doesn't really pay attention, right? To, to, to how other people are. And that's fine. Yeah. But the other one is, he must have used this term more than once. I'm sure it wasn't the or first someone, time he said it. Or someone told him more but, than once. Or someone, you know, but this, to me that. says, nobody, when, when he goes out and he calls it La Messiah, he's surrounded by people around him who are like, uh, boss, but by the way, no biggie, but it's La Messiah, right? Um, yeah. yeah, either you say it properly or don't say it at all because otherwise. Well, are, is he surrounded by lick spittles who are <laughs> afraid to correct him? Um, that's another thing where he was let down. I mean, they have a PR yes. operation. I am surprised that nobody prepared him. Yeah, me too. A little more for Oh, he was badly prepared otherwise. Yeah. Um, one other thing that he said, which to me is slightly problematic because, problematic because it shows that, it makes me wonder how familiar you are with Chelsea's own recent history, right? Um, so he comes out and he says, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but... We need to think of our homegrown players as academy products rather than academy players. And the implication being that they can be monetized because this is in the context of sending their other clubs. That's or right. Two things to that. First of all, there already is a lot of pushback into taking like, you know, 15, 16, 17 year old boys and saying like, oh, like, you know, you're an asset on my balance sheet. We're going to buy and sell you. I know that's the reality of how the yeah. business works. Not necessarily great optics and saying like, oh, yeah, I'll take some, some you know, African kid or German kid here and like I'll make money off them. You know, it's not, I, you know, there, there's a balance there. And I think how you talk about it matters. But secondly, this is exactly what Chelsea have been doing. So when you talked about changing the clubs, breaking down walls at Chelsea, yeah. this is actually one area that Chelsea have done better than almost any other club in Europe. Since 2015, Chelsea made nearly 200 million pounds. You know, that, that works out at, at what, like 25, 30 million pounds a year yeah. by selling academy products to other clubs, right? Yeah. Whether it were Fikayo Tamori, Tammy Abraham. I mean, the, the, the list goes on and on, mm. right? So, well, you want to go even further than that. You want to do it better. You want Chelsea to be better at something that they've already they been already better at doing than <laughs> almost any other big club in Europe, right? But it's, it's some of the, his the choice of words in in that conference I struggled with. It's like when when the Mush said to him, "Oh, but people say you know nothing about football or soccer. How can you be successful?" And he said, "Yeah, I know nothing, but it's like a business. If you put the right people in the right position, then you're going to be successful." Okay, we know football is a business. However, this is a football club. There there is no community behind a business. 
There's yeah. no, like, like all of the business that made him so rich, there's no community behind. There's no people who, who've been loving a football club for 50 years, 60 years, all their family going years and years and years and years. And I understand that you have to put the best in the best position. It's the same for everybody. But I, I thought that his choices of words were really strange at times. I, the whole way he communicated, even like he, he referred his frustration to dealing in different currencies and like, oh, you know, the, <laughs> you, you sell players in pounds, but you buy them in euros. I, I, I'm like, wait, I'm assuming you've done business abroad where people it's have simple, different, like, co- different currencies, right? I don't. It just he did, it didn't come he just just did not come or come across well at all in that. No. One thing um, that he did say, which you know, when he was asked about the Super League, and by the way, credit to the Mooch for pushing him on yeah, it. Yeah, that's true. When he asked them about the Super League, and first he says, "Well, the Champions League right now has got a lot of components of of, of the Super League," um, and so he says, "It's not something that we're talking about now." Which isn't the same as saying we are not, yeah. we are against the Super League. And then he asked them, like, so is that a hard no on the Super League? And he said, and I'm going to praise Boldy for being honest. He says, I never give hard no's. I'm keeping my options open. I think that was intelligent. Yeah. You know, I, if you're not, I, I, I prefer that honesty from an owner saying that one day if the climate change, if this is what Chelsea fans want, if it's necessary for Chelsea survival, we are going to consider this. Yeah. I prefer that honesty than some of the other liars and charlatans who've yeah, been in charge. Yeah. So, we give points for Bully on on that one. Um, one other thing which really struck me, and again makes me wonder, how much has he thought about this? Right? <laughs> he talks about multi club ownership. Right? There's been yeah, suggestions. He loves this idea. He wants he, to buy clubs in Portugal and no. Spain. I mean, we've established this is not a new idea. It's not an innovation. No. Nope. City have been doing it. City have about a million clubs from Lommel to Troyes to. Uh, uh, to, to a big stake in Girona, Manchester yeah, City, oh, sorry, uh, New York City FC, now Palermo as well. Yeah. Um, and obviously Leipzig, maybe the gold standard. I would argue that Leipzig and the Red Bull group are really the only ones who've really made it work. Um, we don't know the numbers. City say, oh, yeah, we're happy with City Football Group. How many alumni of all these secondary city clubs have ever played for Manchester City? I, I, I think you can probably count them. Yeah. On one hand, and then how many have actually made a significant contribution to City? Most contributions have been like Zach Steffen's contributions, right? Yeah. Which is not big contributions. No. So this idea that you, you know, you want to do this, this is my big innovation. When, by the way, all these other American billionaires, whether it's David Blitzer, uh, Bob Playtech, uh, the 7-7 group, the other was a, the Pacific Media Group, whatever yeah. the hell they're called. A lot of people are doing this. Yeah. Chelsea were de facto doing this already with uh, with Vitesse Arnhem, yeah. by the way. By the way. He speaks of this as like, oh, look, we're going to do this super, super innovative thing. I'm like, okay, fine. Maybe but just we don't yeah, even know like, if it works. This is what we want to do. This is part of our development. You know, maybe he didn't really say like, we'd be the first to do this, not knowing that others did. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, on, the, um, on the positives... Okay. Well, is the Thomas Tuchel didn't want to collaborate with us a positive or a negative? Because that didn't make any sense. Like I said on That's the FC show last night, we do quickly. Why would Thomas Tuchel want to collaborate with someone who knows nothing about football? Who you don't speak the same language? Who tells you, hey, why don't we play 4-4-3? Who they said to you uh, 50 times in the summer, what about Cristiano? Hey, Cristiano would be a great signing. Why would Thomas Tuchel want to collaborate with him? 
Why? Just tell me why. Why is he surprised that Tuchel was then hard to work with and hard to talk to? If you come up with stupid statement like, "Hey, what about the four-four-three? I think I think that could work well for us." Don't you think? Or what about it, Cristiano? That he could do well for us. Why would you if you're Tuchel? And maybe Tuchel should have been a bit more. To be fair, on this point, we're hearing Tuchel's version of events. I've said this before, right? We get this massive spin from both sides. But, yeah, right. It was and always going to happen. What? Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, to me, more serious, and I've said this, I'm going over old ground, is this guy who's not listening to you, who doesn't want to collaborate, your solution is to go and spend $300 million yeah, true. based on his recommendations, and then you fire him, that makes zero sense. Yeah. Right? We're, we're in agreement on that. that, yeah, that that's definitely. still... Um, so, up for the positives now. What are the positives? Because okay. watching it, I didn't see many. All right. All right. Now let's, let's do one more negative for the positives. And I've mentioned this before, but I got to go back to this. <laughs> oh, God. This idea like, well, the Premier League, maybe we, they could learn from American sports. Okay. There's, there's a couple of things. We, we're both foreigners <laughs> of this England for a long time, right? <laughs> Nobody likes the guy who comes in and tells you, well, why don't you learn from me, right? Yeah. Especially when it comes that to marketing. Wasn't... Especially when it comes to marketing the game and monetizing <laughs> the game. Because you know what? You can criticize the Premier League for many different That's things. That's true. Right? Millions of things. One thing I think that they've been pretty darn good at is they've not been afraid of innovation, right? Yeah. With, you know, 30 years ago, putting names of players on the back of shirts with numbers. Nobody had done that before. Yeah. Welcoming foreign owners, welcoming foreign talent, right? Yeah. Uh, they're an absolute juggernaut, okay? So you tell me, oh, I need to learn from you. And sorry, what do you do? You run a baseball team? Why don't you look at baseball's demographics, right? <laughs> And then you bring up the All-Star game. Why don't you look at the All-Star game ratings? Or in <laughs> ratings are all All-Star games. This is the part that bugs, that, that, that's got to rankle, right? Yeah. For all that criticism of the Premier League, the Premier League is filled with people, including, by the way, a bunch of American owners. Yeah. You don't think Fenway Sports Group? You don't think, like, you, you don't think Billy Hogan at Liverpool <laughs> knows a thing or two about American sports and his owners? The Glazers? Cronky? Imagine the, the 49ers calls. at Leeds? You don't think they look at this and say, oh, what can we borrow to yeah, make... They waited I, for Todd Bowley to arrive oh yeah, and well, said, hey, learn from us. Oh, yeah, Todd, we never thought of any of this because we're dopes. We own American teams just like you do. But, hey, we never, we never realized I that. I have to say, when I was... Like, yeah, but I'm saying, that obviously, this is what Bowley meant. But this is how he comes across. Yeah. This is how he comes across to the other owners and how he comes across to the English media, which, by the way, they tore him a new one, okay? Yeah. And I think they went... Kind of over the top, but but that's English you, media for you. That's true. Always going to. But do. if you play the character of like the American coming in and teaching you, okay, let me show you how we do it in grown-up sports. That's what you deserve. Obviously, that's how they're going to react. Big time, big time. It it made me jump almost. I was like, oh, don't go there. Don't go like, hey, learn from me. Learn from <laughs> U.S. sports. Don't go there. Like you've been here two minutes again. If you'd been there twenty years and you would have seen what works, what didn't work. All of that, and you said you'd be really respected. People listen to you. I mean, when I say people, owners of the other 19 Premier League clubs, CEOs, all of that, and you're like, you've got their ears, you've got influence, you're lobbying well, then fair enough. But not when you've been here two do you, days. Do you remember Gary Cook, the yeah, former Manchester course. City CEO? Yeah. Okay, so obviously Gary Cook's actually English, he's not American, but he lived in the States for like 20 years, yeah, worked for Nike, whatever. That, yeah. So when he came in, and this is, by the way, is what, 15 years yeah. ago at City. He annoyed everybody at the Premier League owners meeting, saying that they were all in the Stone Age in terms of monetizing the game and they could Marketing. do so much better yeah. and they need to listen and follow City's lead. Now, we know what happened to Gary Cook and, you know, a few years later for 
something unconnected to this. Obviously, he was gone. But it's that kind of attitude. That doesn't yeah, fly. You're doesn't... talking to alpha male billionaires who are in the same business as you. Some of them have been far more successful than you. Yeah. I watch how you speak. Definitely. You know, I it's now that said, the relegation playoff. Oh, you like that? I love that. You like I, that. But you know what? It's not new. <laughs> no, it's no, not I new. mean, we do it in France. So if we do it in France, it's definitely not new. They do it in France. They do it in Germany. They do it in, in, in Serie B, in Italy. In they, Belgium as well. In even. Belgium, the whole thing is yeah. a big giant playoff. <laughs> but to speak as if like, whoa, this is all new. Like, oh, listen to me. What about playoff? You know, that, that, that this is what gets me. And the All-Star game. Um, again, so we were focused on it. We've had fun. You and I even have had fun making our North and South. Yeah. And whatever. Well, fun, I'm not sure, but yeah. It's silly. Whether this actually can make any money or whatever. Um, but again, not new. The Football League 11, right? Yeah. In fact, no, no, but you and, and I are precursors. In fact, we should get bully. Bully. You remember how we did Battle of the Leagues, right? Yeah. Like, exactly. let's have a competitive team from the uh, from eight different leagues in the world and group. Yeah. Why not do that? That might be something That's people... a proper tournament. People get but You behind. know, the problem is, and the timing was obviously wrong, but if he had, had not been... Klopp asked the question about the All-Star game because he obviously coincided with the end of the Liverpool right. game when those quotes were coming. Now, on Tuesday, but then Klopp just, <laughs> Klopp just smashes you. And yeah. Klopp, Klopp's reaction <laughs> is so spot on compared to, to all the body statements and all the conference. That, that already this sets you back, you know, and, you, and I just think like... The, yeah, and, and this is what gets me. You're just telling us how global sports is and blah, blah, blah. You don't think it works both ways. You don't think people in Europe don't look at American sports and say, hey, what can we learn from there? Of you course. don't think that happens? That's why I'm... I, it's been happening I mean, for, for, for 50 years. I was disappointed because you didn't mention, why don't we have a draft as well? You know, instead of signing players, <laughs> let's have all Stop the under-21s and then we get a big draft all under-21s. Todd, that's a great idea for you, my friend, for next time. Let's circle it back to the pitch. Um... It ends up 1-1. Um, mistake by Thiago Silva. Uh, you know, mistake. I thought he was a bit unlucky. Aspiliqueta yeah, is far as well from Okafor. Okay. Jorginho should have blocked the angle of pass. It's not just him. Let's not pick on Georgie. Come on. Um, but I did look at this and I say, all right, it's his first game. I don't want to read too much into it. We saw some of the concepts of what he's trying to do. Yeah. So I'd rather deal in the content, in, 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 the, in the concepts. So... Concept Alba Mayang, I don't like. I saw Broya did a lot better than yeah. Alba did when he came on. Uh, concept Havertz in the hole. We don't know what Havertz's real position is. I got no problem with him playing in the hole. You on board with that? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a Concept good, uh, Sterling wide. But more sense than... I've told you all season long, why was Tuchel playing him centrally? Did it make any sense? Look at him <laughs> on the on the left-hand side. It's so much better for him. It's so much better for everybody else. Ah, fluid front two, blah, blah, blah. Um concept mount now he set up the goal i don't like it when he's forced to i mean as long as reese james is up the pitch but i don't i, I think at this stage of his career it's not good for mount to be to be sucked but they combined the well i thought him and james and i think they yeah, are they, so close in in, yeah. in normal life and they've been playing together for since they were like seven years old or whatever that i think you you would be right to want to use that and if that means having mains and if that means having Mount on the half on the right half space, for example, to combine with Reece James, I've got no problem with that. But you're right; he has to be careful not to go too wide, and not to 
not come inside enough because as we saw on his, on his half volley, this is in that position that will yeah. also impact the game well. But I, I, I kind of liked what he tried to do there with the Mount and James sort of duo and combinations. Um, I, in midfield, it's going to be Kovacic and, and, and Georgie, at least until Conte comes back, right? Just simply because, obviously, what, we already slammed them for the Billy Gilmore move, so I'm going to put yeah, that to one yeah. side, but obviously again. Conte is out. Conor Gallagher is a different sort of player. You know, I, I don't, Conor Gallagher is not somebody who's going to occupy, I, I think. Yeah. Conor Gallagher, to me, is natural role as a 10. Um, or, 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 oh, or, or guy making yeah. runs. Having the freedom. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that is where, I mean, unless we see more of Zacharia, but then you lose the passing that Jorginho would bring, and he seems very possession-oriented. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think he has limited options there. At the back, were you surprised that, you know, given that Chelsea didn't play last weekend, and they're not playing this weekend. Yeah. Were you surprised that um, we saw Spilicueta in there and not yeah, and not Khalidou? Completely. Or What's for, the for Fana, even. Or for Fana. Unless because he's the club captain and for his first game. That would make sense. Maybe then Potter thought, you know what, I need him there kind of thing. Otherwise, it didn't make any sense. I'm, I mean, I don't even think this, this is a good position for him anyway. I mean, I, I, don't, I don't think there is a good position for him at his age now. He's a great squad player to have. Good position for him is at the camp now, where he can be kind of uh, Davis Cup captain. Yeah, yeah, or something like that. I don't know. I expected Cucurella to start and Thiago Silva as well, um, but Aspilicueta, I have to say, I was a bit surprised and then disappointed by his all-around all performance too. Let's not forget that Tuchel's first game was an Indian draw against Wolves at home when they had a lot of the ball. But you saw already, if you remember, a bit of the of the Tuchel sort of touch. Like we saw with, with Potter, I think it was disappointing because it's in the Champions League. It's only one point in two games. And now they have to play Milan twice, home and away, which is going to be very, very difficult because Milan, on the other hand, are really, really good right now and have started really, really well. So it's a bit worrying because you could easily get... OK, Messi, let's say you lose in Italy and then maybe you win at home. It's still only four points when Milan would have nine and then God knows what happened between Salzburg and, yeah. and Zagreb over two games. But Salzburg could easily have eight already when you're only on four with two games to go. I, I think silver lining for Chelsea, weirdly the fact that they're not, they didn't have a game this past weekend and they don't, obviously because of, of the period of mourning for um, Queen Elizabeth II, they're not going to have one now. Remember when Potter was, was, uh, was appointed, we said, or yeah. I said, you know, he's not going to have time to work. He's, he's going to change. He's going to change a lot of things. He wants to change a lot of things. He needs time on the training pitch, and he's not going to have that because of this crazily congested um, calendar. If there is a silver lining to this, is he does have time to work? Right. It's it, only, only two extra days because they're not going to train today. They no, train Friday, Saturday. He had time to work last week. Sunday they go back to the to the no, national but, teams. No, but well. So really, it's, it's, it's Friday and Saturday that you can work on. No, but also last week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Friday, he Saturday, Sunday last week, and rather than preparing and having the warm down and the walkthrough yeah, for, for your game against Liverpool, you can sit there and go and do your passing and positioning yeah, drills yeah, over which and over did. That's, Which is important. Yeah, yeah. It's, and it's critical really to Potter. Hard. He worked them hard. Final word on Salzburg. Um, obviously, You've got a, a, a very, very young manager. You yeah. lose Adeyemi. You lose Brendan Aronson. You still have Ulmer at 47 years old. Yeah. Um, still the youngest team in the competition. Despite Ulmer. Despite him being 36. <laughs> Imagine without him, they would be even younger. But 
I like the energy that they didn't give up. They were they were second best for Did most of Did you like it. the fact that with their energy though they they hung in there in Chelsea's possession? I yeah. mean they, I, I would have thought first of all their natural impetus is to go forward and leave space, right? They didn't they were very disciplined, I they thought, were. in the first half. Which you often don't see from young teams. Also young teams who, you know, when they when they play in the Austrian league, they have eighty percent possession yeah. and they're running in all directions. Here they're asking something completely different and they did that. I was they very did. impressed with that. Yeah, they played from the back as much as they could. They didn't create much, but they took the goal well. And Sesco had a good shot at the end of the first half. Apart from that, but yeah, I like the I like the they chased the ball a lot. That's a lot of what they did because they didn't have it. But they did it well. And I thought at some point physically they would drop a bit, but they didn't. So yeah. it's a it's a hard-working, well-earned point for them and a really good one too. Shout out again to Noka, Noah Okafor. Not yeah. my favorite in two some ways two. as an Italy fan, but uh, he's a player. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Enough, Chelsea. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, Gav. Bayern hosting Barcelona was the pick of the games this week on paper. And Jules, it did not disappoint. Not at all, Gav. What a game we had. I mean, I hate the expression, a game of two halves. It doesn't make much sense to me. But this one, Barca were really good in the first half. Missed loads of chances. Lewandowski, Pedri. Uh, and Bayern looked really, really like not into the game. And then Sabitzer comes off. Goretzka comes on at halftime. And suddenly there was far more... Imp- impetus I think in what Bayern were trying to do and Barca maybe not on it as much and then in the space of four minutes they scored two goals the first one on set piece which really unlocked the whole game for Bayern Lucas Hernandez and then lovely move by Musiala and and Sané for the second I think if you Barca you can have regrets if you Bayern you kind of forget about the first half maybe and say you know that was a warning warning call but the second half was much better for me well you know when we talked about this was Barcelona's first real big test Test, this season I thought they came through with flying colors, and I thought even if even just one goal goes in in the first half, maybe the second half pans out very, very yeah. differently for Bayern. Yeah. Bayern supporters unfurled a banner, Gab, suggesting that fans in England were disrespected with the postponed games last weekend as a result of the Queen's period of mourning. What do you make of it? Well, I'm not going to get into whether we're disrespected or not. There's been a lot of debate about this, this here, about whether they should have postponed the football when other sports like rugby and cricket mm-hmm. went on. Um, but I think... What I like about German supporters, um, German organized supporters, including Bayern, but we've seen this elsewhere, Dortmund, Freiburg, is that they care about, they have a purist attitude to the game, yeah. and they care about the game as a whole. And they're against a lot of, I mean, I don't know what they would have done with Todd Bowley. They, yeah. Oh <laughs> my God, they would have but, um, but they say, like, you know, they're asking questions, which a lot of people are asking, mm. you know, 
why were fan why were football fans not just football fans, football players youth team football you know canceled in England yeah why, why was that canceled and other sports and there are issues of class with rugby and cricket as well yeah, 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 football yeah. why were they not well no, this is disrespect right. to them yeah, it's right. Meanwhile, Jules, Gavi has signed a new contract with Barcelona through 2026 and has a release clause of a billion euros. A billion. So before you jump at the release clause, we've told you many times, don't worry. It's not, it's not that important. No, it's not, no, it's not that important. It's downright stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's completely stupid. Why didn't they make the release clause 10 billion euros or 100 I, I can't wait for the first 10 billion uh, dollar player release clause. After being stung with Neymar, yeah. they are never yeah, making never this mistake, mistake ever again. again. Um, but great news for Gavi, of course, for, for Barcelona, what talent he is. For Laporta. For Laporta as well. It was long coming. I think they had to negotiate hard. But it's done now. Well done. And 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 now he can just focus on the pitch. Although I don't think that the contract negotiation was really a, a bother considering how well he's been playing through them anyway. Manchester City have to leave it late to come from behind in their 2-1 win over Borussia Dortmund on Wednesday night. But at least we got to see another Erling Haaland won the goal. Wow! Yeah, so the big debate with, I, I was actually, uh, I, I have a friend who's the assistant coach to, uh, uh, he's an assistant to somebody who's very well known in the game and as coaching the Champions League at high levels. And we actually had a debate about whether, I said, oh, this looks like something Ibrahimovic might do. The body control, the big man in the air turning. Yeah. And he's just like, no, it's like Johan Cruyff's goal. Of course goal. it is, 73 against Atletico. Okay, 73 is the year I was born. I don't remember okay. the freaking well, Cruyff goal. I do, and I was born in 80. <laughs> Anyway, Vicky <laughs> put it both. He said it was a Zlatan-esque uh, volley or goal like uh, the one you uh, and Kerf scored. Um, I think they should be a tiny bit concerned, though, City, about how Borussia Dortmund played on their cross. I give credit to Ed and Terzic. I thought they prepared really, really well. Obviously, City changes at the back. Um, you know, in the end, if I'm Terzic, I walk away head held high. I, I held my own. I denied them shots on goal. I denied them clear chances for a long time. I took the lead. And then in the end, I'm undone by this Erling Holland and, you know, you know John, Stone, John Stones. Stone. Wow. What did the keeper like doing Man. the semen? Come on, man. Okay. Why, if you had in Tersich, you won it up, and I'm going to be quick, you won it up with 12 minutes to go, and you bring Schlotterbeck on for Modest to go to a back five. When your back four has worked really well, your 4-3-3 three, three has worked really well, they have nothing so far. They haven't scored the first goal yet. You're one nil yeah. up. Why do you go to a back five? Because and you drop 20 yards. Because you think you can hit them on the break? Because you think but that you Hummels, Hummels and Sule, at some point, they're going to get wrong. tired? But, but change. Take Hummels off at his edge sure. and put, don't go to a back five. Why don't it we... cost them. It cost them. I'll tell you why it cost them. All right. A late Joel Matip header gives Liverpool a 2-1 win over Anfield. Jules, uh, Klopp gave it, talked so much about how important it was to have yeah. a performance and so on. Um, we saw that, didn't we? Not I think perfect, it was, but... yeah, I think it was an improvement. I mean, we saw Klopp at the end going like, like this, look at the cup. <laughs> and I think he was relieved because a 1-1 draw wouldn't have been a good result, even with the improvement that we saw on the pitch. They pressed better, they ran more for the first time in eight games. They outrun the opposition, the, the opponent, the opposition. Yeah, at times Ajax were threatening, but they only had one shot on target through the whole game. Daily Blin has a really good header and, and, and chance on that. But apart from that, they created loads of chances. They, sh they shouldn't, could have scored more. And it was good for Mo Salah. 
first goal in eight Champions League matches for him to go back on the on the score sheet in the Champions League. So a lot of improvement from them, which is good, but they still have a lot of work to do. They got some joy as well from the Allison just kicking it long thing. Yeah, which was nothing clearly... wrong with that to mix things up against a team exactly. that pressures you at all. Um, and I thought pieces, that was good they were too. very dominant on set pieces. By the way, the Kudus goal. Whoa, special. He leathered it. Yeah. Inter win away to Victoria. Blitz and 2-0. Gab, it helps when you play the last half hour, 11 v 10, of course. Yeah, but uh, come on. Don't worry. Simone Inzaghi is a bit fragile now. It's only Victoria Pilsen. They beat them. Dzeko um, scoring a great one on Barella. It's coming back to life. Nice little back heel there. Um, Onwards and upwards. These are games they need to win. And now their future will be decided against Barcelona. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, Jules, how about some more quick hits? Yes, guys. Paris Saint-Germain go a goal down in Israel, but eventually Woo! turn around to win 3-1 against Maccabi Haifa. Jules, never really in doubt, right? And how about my boy Verratti's pass? Well, the, the pass was amazing defending. for the third goal. For the, the messy Neymar. one was better, I know. Yeah, but come on, for the Neymar one. It was just bad from PSG, from pretty much, well, the first half especially, they missed chances, they, they were not playing as a team, they were not compact, it was... The three up front, not running, not defending, and then the others. There was so much space between the lines. It was crazy. And I was like, what is going on with this block? It'll be better in the second half. Game to forget. They won. That's the most important. But I didn't like it. There was it, were they like, oh, look, it's Maccabi Haifa. Yeah, ha, ha, ha. Was it that? Maybe. Although the atmosphere was amazing. It felt like a game you wanted to play. Yeah. I don't know. Juventus lose again, this time at home to Benfica. Hang on, I thought Max Allegri was telling us that was the most important game and PSG they should not be worried about. What's happening? Yeah, uh, this this was really, really bad. Especially, you know, they took the lead. Jean-Mario equalizes and then trolls them. Oh, yeah. There's no reaction at 1-1. They end up losing 3-1. you know, Allegri comes out and says, like, oh, well, moments like this happen. They've happened in the past. Uh, they'll happen again in the oh, future. Please. I mean, honestly, like, the messaging couldn't be any better. Uh, couldn't be any worse, rather. You know, Arriva Bene, the, the club's um, chief executive, de facto chief executive right now, uh, he was uh, he was in a restaurant, and, um, and uh, somebody said, like, you need to sack Allegri. And he's like, yeah, well, are you going to pay his compensation? Um, and the new manager? Yeah. I mean, that that, that is... That's not a vote of confidence. Um, it's tough. And you know what? You can't 
you know, maybe they were a little, little bit unlucky with uh, with Miretti conceding the penalty, but I, you can't play like that. Miretti, one of the few ones who does well. Maybe light bulb goes off. Just maybe let's trust our younger players more. We do have some good ones. Yeah. yeah. Back to Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. L'Equipe reports that the three-year deal that Kylian Mbappe signed last summer to stay at the club was actually a two-year deal with an option for a third, presumably an Mbappe option. Jules, if this is true, yeah. then Mbappe is <laughs> a freaking genius. And remember, I said, I said the only explanation he here is that there must be some escape clause or maybe or an option or whatever. You so I feel vindicated. Yeah, you might be the genius. Maybe I'm the one who was advising Mbappe's parents. Oh my word. Maybe it's you. But then if that's the case, holding up that shirt that we had 2025 was a bit sneaky. Yeah, but it's not very clear. The club not saying much about it. Neither is the Mbappé family, to be honest with you. Certainly not with me. <laughs> Why would not they not yet. say it? Because we're going to find out, right? Because if he has an option, he's going to go He's going to go out and try to negotiate a new contract in a year's time. Exactly. In, a year, in next summer, we're going to have the same saga again that we had last summer. So Does this make you nervous as a Paris Saint-Germain fan? All those I won't lie. I won't lie. All those theories about after the Qatar World Cup, the circus rolls out of town and yeah. like... You know, the the the, 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 the faucet gets shut. Yeah. You know, not, Messi's contract expires. It's not really clear either if there is an option. Uh, if, if like you said, it's just the Mbappé option or if maybe one that they triggered together, like the Messi one, for example. I I don't know. It'd be, but it'd be interesting. I don't want to find out. I don't want, I, I want to still <laughs> believe it's a, three, a strong three-year deal. But yeah, maybe. Real Madrid leave it late. Speaking of Mbappe. Yeah, speaking of Mbappe. Uh, Real Madrid leave it late to be Leipzig 2 0 gap. This was a bumpy ride. But nice to see Marco Asensio with a goal. Wow, a lovely goal as well. But Marco Asensio and Marco Rosa as well. Leipzig still enjoying their, their Rosa they were good bounce. In the first half. They played really, really mm. well. Hey, this is a this was young Real Madrid. Chouameni, Camavinga, yeah. uh, Rodrigo, Vinicius, um, you know. I did the Valverde, of course, yeah, who, yeah. who scored again. Um, this is what Ancelotti does, though, with, with the Asensio thing. Remember, like, he said, like, oh, no. He was I not happy. Right yeah, like, he puts him in. He scored, scored a great goal. Looked very happy oh, afterwards. Yeah. I think Asensio can still contribute. It can still be mutually beneficial for Asensio to be in there and yeah. contribute. Yeah. I think Real Madrid do need him. Because, you know, it helps him if he's going to move on. And it helps Real Madrid if he's productive and scoring. Yeah, that's true. Something more so than Hazard. Yeah. Antonio Conte Jules had his players in for surprise extra training on yeah. Wednesday morning, reportedly. I'm guessing the two late goals against Sporting had something to do with that. Yeah, I think so. He was not happy at all that they let a, a point, a good point, I guess, uh, slip that way uh, with those two late goals. One on set pieces, really poor marking, defending. And then the, the second one from Arthur. <laughs> what, one of the goals of the week, without a doubt, the step over on, on Romero, then the nutmeg on... Okay, same SN, but still, the num- and then the nutmeg on Yoris as well. I was like, what's going on here? For someone who's playing for Estoril like uh, four months ago, it's crazy. Yeah, can I say something? You know when we have like those like goal of the day highlights on the FC show, right? They had one last week, and it was like the top 10 goals, nine of them was somebody belting it from four yeah, yards out. I know, exactly. These are great goals. These are not, n- not somebody having the shot of a lifetime exactly. from 40 yards away. And I love Conte for the extra training, although it was at... 11 a.m. So he, he can't have been that angry. Otherwise, they would have come at 8 or 7. <laughs> 11 is still okay. You can have a lie in and take the kids to school. But, you know, come back to training after. Milan get the job done with a 3-1 win over Dinamo Zagreb. Gab, further evidence of just how important Rafael Leao is. And how much they're going to miss him uh, this weekend, yeah. obviously, uh, against, against Napoli. Uh, this was... A solid professional performance. We got we saw a bit of Salamakers, uh, of mm. course, getting on a strong score sheet. Tommaso Pobega, I think he's like the first Italian player to score for Milan since Balotelli. Drum Super Mario. Super Mario. Um, and that was a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I, I, I thought they could have had more. By the way, your techers, the assist from Petkovic for Zagreb oh, on the Orsic goal. Yeah, this is the stuff that's supposed to be in highlights, boys and girls. I didn't get, just quickly, they're capable of playing like that. That goal is, is a magnificent collective goal, team goal. You know, and then and then they don't do it enough, and then the rest of the time they were in there, literally in their box, trying to defend. Yeah, I. It's I, a shame, but I would rather them play and lose five one or five two or five three than play like this and still lose three one. I, I think they could trip up one or two clubs between now and, uh, and and the end of the group stage. Shakhtar and Celtic share the spoils with a one one draw, but Jules, your man Mihailo Mudrik scores oh, again. And what goal? What? I mean, he's so quick. He's so, so strong, so too. He's strong, like an so quick. Not sure about the only Jesus tattoo that he's got on his neck. Uh, it's pretty ugly to me, but uh, the tattoo, not, not, you know, not the not message. What it means, of course, not the message. But, I mean, his stake is going up and up and up, and his price is going up and up and up. I'm really curious to see where he goes next and, and, and when he will leave Shakhtar for a bigger club. Napoli win away to Rangers 3-0, despite Alan McGregor saving two penalties, Gab, and almost the third one as well. I know, almost Alan McGregor by high, but... I believe is older than you, <laughs> not older than me though. Um, like Napoli, I thought like, Rangers just aren't very good, and obviously they were demoralized from from, from their defeat the first time around. Mm. Napoli there, Zelinsky. Apart from the penalty taking, I thought he ran the show, yeah, did it very very well. Um, it seemed a little weird to somebody who doesn't follow football that you know you have Matteo Lajos there, so they had to retake the penalty that he saved because Alan McGregor was off his line, but off the rebound, Politano scores. Wouldn't you let that stand? Wouldn't I know that's not, not the rule. This yeah, is kind of a stupid yeah, yeah, rule, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, because yeah, because then he misses it yeah. anyway. What is it with Marseille in the Champions League? They oh. lose again, falling to Frankfurt one nil. Oh, What's up man. with the, with the two door sedan? Oh, 15, 15th defeat in the last sixteen Champions League match. Fifteen out of sixteen and one win against Olympiacos with two goals on penalties. They haven't even scored on on open play in this competition since like. 2012 or 2013 it's ridiculous it's doing my head in they played it looked like they were scared to play they didn't want to go too far too cautious and when you're too cautious like that Frankfurt are not very good no but they took they got to be lucky took their chance and then that was it it was so disappointing for Marseille so yeah. disappointing disappointing too the the trouble between yeah, um, before between, between the fans before the game and during the game as well Rico Suave beats El Cholo as Bayer Leverkusen scored twice in the last six minutes to get the win over Atletico Madrid Gab Gerardo needed this, but were you surprised that Atletico had so much possession away from home? This is the part that didn't really follow him. You know when you, when you watch <laughs> it, like, yeah. all these games on at the same time, you know, you're, you're, you're watching it. Uh, they had 55% possession in a game where the opposition, where they're away from home, the opposition scored minute 84 and minute 87. Mm. Um, I thought, and you know, you can look and say, oh, it's an attacking lineup because Saul, but no, actually, it's still the back five. Yeah. I, I thought... Rico Suave got this Ooh, perfect. You know, he, he said, "You guys get the ball. We're gonna hit you. We're gonna hit you. We're, we're gonna outcholo you." Yeah, and they did. Big win for them. Yeah, it's a scoreless draw between Copenhagen and Sevilla. Jules, signs of life for Julian Lopetegui? Not really. Gab, they were they were bad. I thought they were terrible. They didn't create anything. Maybe the Rakitic sort of shot at the start of the game, and that was it. I mean, he could change. There was just nothing. I don't know. There's no creativity. There's nothing. Copenhagen are not very good either. I, I know you're away from home, but it was bad. I thought it was bad. I think given the circumstances, the win at the weekend was big. A draw, at least the result, is better nah, than come on. yet another it, it can't defeat. be Copenhagen. They've got nothing to do in that competition. Three Premier League 
Games have been postponed this weekend, Gab, because of the period of mourning following the Queen's death. And Arsenal v Man City, which was set for October 19, has now been postponed too, so the Gunners can play the Europa League game against PSV on October 20, because it's been uh, postponed this week. Does that make sense to you, all of those changes? Well, would it make sense to me, and I understand there's logistical issues why they couldn't do it, would have made more sense to me was why not just reverse the fixtures and play the the Arsenal PSV game, just play the play, play it in Eindhoven for, yeah. for the first leg. Now, apparently it's too difficult to do, so uh, that's why they went there. Yeah, look, if this is the custom. If, if I'm not one to question if the police say, no, this was mm. unsafe, whatever. The only thing is, this fixture pileup is a serious, serious concern, and and we know and yeah. we realize this. Let's think of the players' health. Let's think of logistics. Let's be open. I'm going to say this now in October to the idea of extending the season by a week if we need to. Right? I, yeah. I don't. I think shouldn't be so set in stone that with you know six months advance warning or whatever we can't have some sort of contingency plan because yeah. I do not want to see players get hurt. I do not want to see crappy games on television as a uh, as a viewer because everybody's hurt. I don't want to see under-23 teams playing in the in the League Cup. I mean, I don't want to watch the League Cup at all, frankly. But, but <laughs> yeah. you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I saved it until now, Jules. I'll just remind everybody how down you were what? on Bruce's chances when we did a preview. You said they were all rubbish. Oh, no, there's no Philip Clement. What are we going to do? There's uh, no the Prince Charles. I didn't the say that. You know what? Mr. Champions League, Hans Anakin yeah, is still there. He hasn't scored in the Champions League this season, by the way. It's only been two games, but I know, it doesn't but matter. He helps other so scorers. Mr. Champions League. They traveled to Porto and they won 4-0. I know, I know. And I mean This is a debacle for Sergio Conceição. Yeah, it was. And I saw his car when he was leaving the stadium being like pelted with stones and everything. Well, which is not what it's not right. And we should not it's see not that. right. And by the way, the it's not just Sergio Conceição in his car. Sergio Conceição, his wife, yeah, the family. and his sons, one of whom is 22. Again, nobody deserves it, but I'm 22. The other one's seven years old. Yeah. Seven years old, oh, and you throw rocks at a seven-year-old? Come on. But it was it was bad from it was as bad from Porto that it was good from Bruges in the sense that everything Bruges were doing going forward worked. They scored, they were efficient, they were clinical, they were so good with the ball, they defended well. And for Porto it's just a game to forget. It's not I know Bruges have six points. It doesn't guarantee that they qualify in a group with Bayer Leverkusen and and, and Atletico Madrid. Well, but right, he makes the groups are so strong. Don't you know, but he so makes this group spicy. You know, he makes this group spicy. Oh. Now Bruges will face Atletico twice now. I Which could be tricky for El Cholo. I'm officially becoming a Bruges fan. In Are this you group. a bourgeois? I, although, I can't turn my back on Rico Suave. Contrasting approaches to the Queen's passing in the Champions League. Uh, Rangers ignore UEFA policy and played God Save the King before kickoff. I seemed that some were singing God Save the Queen and others the King. It was a bit confusing anyway. Meanwhile, there is no moment of silence for Celtic's game away to Shakhtar. Again... I, I think they should look into this. Um, you know, again, for those who don't know, these are two teams from Glasgow. Rangers very much a unionist team. They feel very, you know, historically the fan base, yeah. not everybody in the fan base, obviously, but they're identified with uh, a, a respect, a love for Britain and the twin, the Queen. Celtic, whose roots are, are, are Irish and immigration, the perception is that a portion of their fan base very much anti the monarchy. So I can only conclude... So. 
there's two different things here, Jules. First of all, UEFA has a policy. We don't play national anthems before Champions League games. Why would you, right? It's, it's, it's not relevant to it, right? People felt this was important to mark their respect for the passing of the Queen at some in some grounds. For example, I know um, I know at Chelsea, I wasn't there, but built down the road at Chelsea, like the fans sang it spontaneously, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> which is fine. Uh, Rangers deciding to play it over the loudspeaker. What? We, who, well, what kind of audience? Why, why can't you just follow the rules? I Personally, I think they should be punished for this. Uh, I mean, follow the rules. You sign yeah. up to the competition, right? You follow the competition rules. Yeah, yeah. What do you do? You, you think you're trying to endear yourself to your fans by doing it? Encourage your fans to sing it. Yeah. But, you know, this thing with Celtic against Shakhtar, again, this bugs me too, right? They're away. They're not playing in Glasgow. So there's a minority of Celtic fans there who, by the way, had certain banners that were very visible on television, which were against, against the Queen and yeah. against the monarchy, right? Um, you decide not to have a moment of silence for the Queen's but passing because, because you think... Celtic didn't ask for it, Right. Isn't that the reason? Celtic didn't request a minute of silence. This, this, this is nonsense. This, whole, this, is, this is performative garbage from these people. No, I, I'm, I'm serious. Yeah, whatever, it shouldn't be so hard to be there. Yeah. You know, again, people can feel any way they want. But you as a club, you as an institution, right? You are part of something bigger. You are part of your country's football association. You are part of the United Kingdom. If this is the convention... I, I don't understand. If they did this, if they did this, which is my fear, because they don't want a bunch of people booing and yeah, insulting I believe that was during the like thing. This is why Celtic didn't do it. Come on, man. We saw the meaning of Sansa Wrexham being booed in the... I, yeah, know, I know. And the, then the owner, yeah. Brian Reynolds, and hey, they, they apologize for it. At some point, face the reality. Yeah. If you're going to honor it and other people are going to are going to disrupt it, that's on them. It's not on you. They're exercising their right to boo. You're exercising your right to mourn. Yeah, yeah. This is how it works. Yeah, yeah. Paul Pogba's brother, Matthias, has been taken into police custody. Jules, um, there's a shock. <laughs> I know. It's a, well, who would have thought that I can go and uh, go on social media and make threats against my brother and the police might not want to have a word with me? Yeah, you're right. I mean, he ended himself in, to be fair. He went to see them. Uh, there's obviously a lot of questions that he has to answer now including the one that his brother saw Sorry, him. was it one of those cases where he went to see them because they were going to come see him if yeah, he didn't? Exactly. And his lawyer says, hey. Exactly. But at least I guess you show kind of willingness in a way, maybe. I don't know. Well, you have all these extraordinary revelations, well, right? Yeah. Well, and surely the agent, police are going to be interested. And your lawyer has already said, hang on, he had nothing to do with the extortion towards his own brother, while i.e. he was under pressure himself from the people who wanted to extort money from Paul Pogba to be there. So we will see. It's just... Is the implication that he's being, people are blackmailing Matthias yeah, to, to get Matthias to blackmail Pogba? Yeah, that's oh, right. That's only the feeling that the whole Pogba family and Pogba camp uh, have right now. Christopher Atherton, you might not have heard the name, but he no. made history because he made his professional debut for Glenhaven in Northern Ireland. Gab, he's just 13 years and 329 days old. He's it a is. baby. Yeah, I think, is it Martin Udegaard? Was he even younger when he made his... Professional know, yeah, debut. I someone, think. someone in Australia, I think, uh, overnight too. Uh, yeah, I, I'm in two minds about this. I saw his coach come out and say, "Well, well, the problem is he's not allowed to move to an academy in England until he's 14." Like, are we sure that's a problem? Are we sure that we can't just let kids be kids yeah. until a certain age? But are we sure that we want people moving? Even that, I'm not. You know, convinced. that far. I mean, they have rules. Um, 
The rule used to be that, for example, in in the UK, but I think there's similar rules everywhere that you know you can like the academy that you join has to be within I think 75 miles yeah, of 90, your house or no more than minutes 90, 90 minutes yeah. travel time, right? Yeah. Um, which if you live in Northern Ireland, unless he's going to get onto a plane, like, you know, yeah. um, should we, I, I wish sometimes we remember how many people and in the past when they didn't have those rules are, are moved halfway around the world. Yeah. And, you know, for every Messi who makes it, there's a bunch of people who Definitely. become socially screwed up or whatever, Completely. or lose their studies or, 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 or get injured. So let's just consider all that. Yeah. But hey, I'm excited. Right, I remember yeah. the name now. Yeah, me too. Jules, I feel that when I ask you about Fred stuff, it's usually police related. <laughs> it is. We now have arrests in the Zara Hamrawi case. Uh, yeah, Kira even. Uh, oh, Kira, Kira Hamrawi. Uh, I'm not three, having a good three, day. Three men from the uh, the Paris the Paris area, Paris banlieue, uh, were arrested uh, very early on. I think it was Wednesday morning. Uh, the police really believed that they had something to do with the attack. And remember, for the ones who who had forgotten. Um, she was back in a car with two of her teammates from a, a PhD evening, PhD dinner. She plays for PhD. And, and two guys with balaclavas and iron bars just opened the, the door of the car, got Amraria and starting smashing her legs to, to you know, break their legs and, and end her career. And we still don't know exactly who, who told those guys to do it, where, you know, who is the, um, the perpetrators. Whether they have links to somebody who used to live in Barcelona exactly. and maybe still if does. Exactly, for who used to work as a sporting director for Barcelona, that's certainly what his wife believes. All those stories, and now it seems that maybe we have a breakthrough, so we're waiting to hear more from the police on how related those guys are and what happened and what the suspicion is. So, Are the police pretty what? confident, though, that this is obviously not a random attack? Definitely they, not. It was, it was not a robbery they because obviously exactly they only beat the her going, yeah. and they didn't beat the other people in the car. Exactly. Um, they knew clearly exactly the where the car was going to take to go where the car was going. So they, they knew before the journey and the roads that that car would take. So there's still a lot of question marks and sort of shadows over the whole case. But at least this is a this is a good start. And Kira Hamarami, for those of she's back playing, she's fine. I mean, obviously, apart from the psychological trauma. Yeah, she's the, got a year the, left. The physical traumas. Except passed. that PhD wanted to go, to leave. She's got one year left on his contract. She doesn't want to leave. So now she's not training with the first team. So it's getting even more messy on the pitch side now as well. The transfer window is still open in some countries, Gab. And we've had confirmation that James Rodriguez is leaving Al Ryan for Olympiacos. And Cedric Bakambu could join him soon from Marseille as well on a free transfer. You know, last week we talked about... Uh, Marcelo, we said, who was going to Olympiacos. Uh, yeah, no, no, I was, I was talking about oh. all the people who went to um, who went to Galatasaray, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And We rattled off the list. This feels extreme, including the, I mean, the legend, legendary Bafé Gomis. This feels pretty retro as well. Bakambu, I'm going to guess, I have no idea how old he is. I'm assuming he's not that old, actually. No, because 30, maybe 31. Remember what a big deal it was when he went to China for all that money and... and uh, James, if this means we have a chance to see him in, in the Champions League um, one day, obviously not this year, um, I'm all in for Europa it. Europa League this year. Remember? I enjoy... Oh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, Europa League, they are. And is the registration window still open, even though I it started? I you know, don't think... I don't know if you can add him to the list that you've already given right. UEFA, but maybe. Okay. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on team James. I, yeah. James Rodriguez is the kind of guy, I don't want him ever playing for my teams. <laughs> But, <laughs> but playing for much. other teams and games 
Where I just I'm just watching aesthetically. I'm all for that. <laughs> Le Parisien reports that Sir Jim Ratcliffe will take Luis Campos to Manchester United just as soon as he buys the club. Just like that. Jules, I kind of feel like I'm in a weird media feedback loop where <laughs> people just unquestionably print Sir Jim's fantasies and Luis Campos' PR machine. It's, I think you put it really well. It's exactly that. I'm it's, assuming, and you would know. I, I don't know this man. I'm assuming Luis Campos has a man or a woman who's, who's himself. Only, to be honest, I know what you're going to ask. I think it's whose only job is to talk to media, tell people how brilliant Luis Campos is. Yeah. Oh, it's actually Luis Campos himself who does it. You can just call him <laughs> up could be and be Trump. like, "I got a call from President exactly. Biden yesterday. Yeah. I'm going to the World Health Organization." Yeah, I, I think I think he's very good at that, at doing his own publicity, and people do it for him too. To be fair, and it's good for him, as I was saying to, um, I did a PSG show the other night with some fans. It's good for him to be linked with Chelsea, to be linked with United or to be associated with Sir Jim Radcliffe. All of that is good for his own reputation. Even if it's not true, I don't think he would care. He said, hey, look, you know, I'm in those conversations. People talk about me in those circles. It's good for him. Do Paris Saint-Germain really care? Or is the thinking maybe that this was the last transfer window between the World Cup in Doha and then the whole dismantling process is going to begin? So that's why they hired a a consultant and not a real director of football. Phil Jones has not been named in Manchester United's Premier League squad, which is a bit mean. Gab, his contract is expiring, of course, at the end of the season and he's had a rough time. But isn't it a bit humiliating for them to do that like that when when you have four keepers, four so on in that squad. So I went through this list because, like, for those who don't know, you can have unlimited numbers of, of, of under twenty one players. There's minimum rules for for players who are association trained and homegrown, club trained, whatever. So you know, sometimes it's not super straightforward. And I looked at this, and in this case, you know, they have Brandon Williams on there. They have yeah. Axel Twanzebe, and we can debate. And in fact, there is no debate. I think Twanzebe and Brandon Williams to. make more sense than Phil Jones with a year left. However, it's the fourth goalkeeper I don't get. <laughs> they, they registered about 25 under-21s. I'm assuming several of them are goalkeepers. Um, so they have, uh, they have De Gea, they have Tom Heaton. Dubravka. They have Dubravka, and they have some other dude whose name I'd never heard of. Yeah, but check Grant, him out. no, as he left. No, it's only Lee Grant's left. No, it's some guy who's 22 years old, right? Okay. Um, why do you need four goalkeepers? Just to not put Phil Jones on there. Oh, honestly, this, <laughs> this is what it feels like. This is what it's it, so bad. I, it's just not really it's necessary, so bad, is it? Man. I mean, I, I know I've made fun of him as much as everybody else had and, and whatever, right? And, and he's had mental health issues and whatever. And mm. his contract's going to expire. He's going to find another team. I'm sure that over the summer they tried to get him to leave. They probably even were willing to give him money, just go away. But this is this is kind of a needless humiliation. And I'm, and I'm a little bit surprised, you know, I'm sure Eric Ten, it's not Eric Ten Hag who put this together, right? Because no, I, I, I feel like this is on Murta and, and Fletcher making this decision. Yeah, I think they asked Ten Hag, do you, would, you, would you need him at some point? Would you? And he goes like... Well, you think he said, no, I need four goal, I need four senior goalkeepers and plus the ones I have in my... <laughs> I'm sure Ten Hag didn't say that. No. Copenhagen versus Sevilla was not a great game, nope. as you told us. But Jules, how about the genius PR from Copenhagen uh. who gave out free beer to visiting <laughs> supporters? Yeah, God. I mean, I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink beer. I don't know. I, I suspect they were Carlsberg, I guess, because they're they, 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 they <laughs> from Denmark, the beer from Denmark. And and it was great. I like when you're welcoming the away fans, not what we saw between Marseille and Frankfurt, for example, or any stuff like that. But it was good. And yeah, if it's a P, even if it's a PR, PR 
um, yeah. campaign or whatever you want to call it. I thought it was really sweet. I also said they probably drink less beer in Andalusia than they do in, say, Probably. Scotland. So yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder if they would do it for any visiting team. <laughs> Maybe. Zlatan Gav says that he will be back soon, though he's ready to retire as soon as he sees a player stronger than him. He's obviously currently injured. I guess that won't be for a while then. Uh, yeah, I guess this means he'll keep going forever. I, yeah, I think no one you know, when you view the world, world through the Zlatan goggles, <laughs> you know, it is part of the character, but I, I like the fact that he has fun. And I'm psyched to see him back soon. I mean, Giroud's been, been, been doing the job, but, but, but I think Zlatan is very important and he's very committed and he's yeah. a big part of the project. Yeah. Uh, right, Jules, that brings us to an end, but oh, we got to come back on Monday. Monday. Madrid derby over the yes. weekend. How about that? Napoli Milan. So much else Napoli going on. Milan. Even a couple... They're even letting us play a couple Premier League games. Yeah, How about that? Nice. Until then, as it says on my uh, uh, hoodie, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/gabjewels. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/gabjewels now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/gabjewels.